Welcome to Extra Credits, Muggo. What are we talking about today? So we are going into episode three now. Um, just want to thank again, got the same cast, Jose, uh, Erica, Alan, Kerwin, Jason, myself. Um, I called episode two the Pippin episode. Anyone want to take a guess what I'm going to call this, this episode? Rodman? There you go. Rodman episode. Um, it kind of does his whole arc. Um, it's very interesting. We'll get into all that. Um, but it does start before even the opening credits of him working out um, and basically explains that he was just always stayed away from the drugs. One of those things that he did was just keep himself in shape. Um, and uh, he described or what he was willing to do that Jordan and Pippen weren't really willing to do, which is that work in the paint. You guys kind of agree with that? Yeah. And we'll get into what yeah. this guy is known for, but also a great defender. But uh, it goes in those opening credits. I wanted to bring that up. We kind of never bring that up. How do you guys feel about the opening credits of this whole series? I, it kind of gets me going, right? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, where it starts to do that those drum at the very beginning. I mean, am I just looking it's, too far into it? It sounds like an action movie. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, 90s The Rock action movie, right? Yeah, yeah. they're definitely uh, preparing you for the drama. Yeah. There you go. Like, the arena's going to explode because Jerry Cross blew it up. No, it's because uh, it's because Golden Face was going to blow it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so it then ends that and goes into, the, again, back at the beginning of the 97-98 uh, uh, season. And the media, it's just got a bunch of clips of the media calling the Bulls basically average. I mean, you're still without Pippen. Um, and they were eight and seven. Um, not a lot of those wins were on the road. We kind of developed that in uh, uh, episode one. But um, I just want to bring this up. They were eight and seven the year before that. They were 56 games in before they had lost their seventh game. So that's how much at the time this team was different. I mean, they're a 500 team, whereas the year before they're dominating, defending champions and so on. Um, we kind of in episode two talked about that was Pippen's lack of. But uh, yeah. they also say, or Jackson was actually stating that Rodman was basically lagging. I kind of think that maybe he wasn't motivated, didn't want to get up to it. I mean, they had already just won the championship. It's regular season. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Do you guys have any other contributions that might have done of why they were 8-7 and seven at this time or just that's just how sports go? I mean, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, the, I think- league's, the league's getting better. I mean, you're, you're seeing uh, the influx of, of greater players coming in. Like, these guys are – not necessarily on the decline, but they're in the latter half of their careers, like we talked about last episode. And then I think, I mean, honestly, what what season is this for Rodman with the Bulls? Like his third, third or fourth, third, third season? I think this shows third, this yeah. shows what Pippen can do, right? And it yeah, shows it shows, how yeah, they him. exactly. So like, you don't have Pippen there as as your number two guy, and then you also have to deal with the psychological factors. Like people might be going into the season thinking, oh, we don't have a chance because Pippen's not here. And, you know, like Jordan said it last episode, he's just like, I don't give a fuck if Scotty's not here. That's the reality of the situation. Let's win without him so that when he gets back, we don't have to worry anymore. And I think, you know, maybe Dennis Rodman was one of those people in the, you know, the first fifth of the season or whatever, or the first eighth of the season that's just kind of like burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does show him getting ejected at one of the games. I couldn't really tell what game it was. And Jordan then claims like we're playing, Dennis got ejected. But without Pippen, and now now Rodman's not there, he's like, he basically put me out there by myself. So he was very upset about it, you know? And this is right around the time that they're talking about the eight and seven. And basically, Jordan claims a story where Rodman knocks on his door at the hotel room, goes in, and just asks for a cigar, and they just sat there. And he basically said, he wasn't apologizing, but I knew he was kind of saying, 
look, man, I fucked up, you know? And I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, maybe these guys at superstar level, this is how you say I'm sorry, just by like that indirect way of doing it. I, I thought that was kind of a funny story. Um, but uh, he, MJ basically says after that, Dennis was straight as an arrow. And they actually started to win games. Um, Jackson claims that Rodman was the person that really got him going in that right direction. Um, Alan, I don't know if you remember a lot of that season. Is that kind of the case that it just kind of fire on? Cause they still had no Pippen for another 30 games. I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely different when, uh, Pippen wasn't there. And then when Rodman all of a sudden started showing up and not getting ejected, that was a <laughs> turning point. Um, a statistic that's crazy though, is in the 98 season with the bulls with Rodman, um, his points per game was an average of four points. So it's, it's, yeah, he averaged in 97, 98 season, four points. So it's just definitely rebounds was 15 points a game. All right. So bring that statistic up about the rebounds in a second. Cause I'm going to get right into that. Um, okay. going into the timeline, it shows Dennis growing up. Um, it doesn't get too much into it other than like, I think he had kind of a bad childhood as far as family wise. He was kicked out or left his house for a couple of years during high school. Um, but he says he never got into the drug season. Like, I mean, sorry, the drug scene. He basically like would just be around it, but it was not his thing. And he would actually go and just like work out like all the time, which I kind of admire. Um, but uh, he did end up going to Southeastern Oklahoma College, which I wanted to bring up. Did he really play basketball in high school? See, you guys are blind too, because I, I couldn't figure that out. No, I So then how did he get a scholarship? Because what he talks about – Someone there, hey, you want to play basketball? They gave him a shot, and that's when he he just a workaholic as far as what he would do. But he excelled because he was just so driven. But I, I couldn't really like out of the documentary. I didn't any, anything in high school, all that. I don't know how he got to Southeastern Oklahoma College. Just kind of skips to going right there. I know, I, I know his his two sisters were like all Americans though in basketball. Yeah, like, that's one thing I do know. Like his sisters were really great before he got really good. Oh, wow. I did not yeah, know that. And he was kind of like always in their shadow. But other than that, I don't know too much about like how how he kind of got in the game and all that stuff. So he well, regardless of how he got there, he excelled at Southeastern Oklahoma, um, drafted by the Pistons um, around the time Jordan was drafted. So but he was obviously on a different team. He goes to the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas is quote saying Dennis when he got here was a little naive <laughs> which I thought is weird by the way the Rodman that we know now Dennis was yeah. just naive toward like the world um this I really want to get into his third year he basically realized what he was good at and that is rebounding so Alan, I'm going to ask you to shout out that statistics again in a second but what he describes as rebounding which I, I played basketball in high school organized sport I, I've never heard of this where he literally would like bring people around and practice just rebounding the trajectory. Of, I mean, I've never heard of that. Have you guys ever no. seen anything like, like he was like, look, I'm going to be the best at rebounding and he would have friends shoot in certain locations. Okay. They're going to spin it this way and see where it goes. And he, the way he talks about is chaos, but it's like, that's how he was like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be good at it. And bringing up his statistics, it sounds like he was the best rebounder arguably of all time. But you don't think he'd ever get bored of all those there rebounds. Is, is. I think it's the first part oh, of this whole series. <laughs> so, Alan, again, what was his statistics during that 97 so, season as far as rebounding? So, his rebounding was 15 assists per game. That was his average. But that was his seventh and final year of being a rebounding champion. 
So he was six years prior to that, he was the league's rebounding champion from 91 to 98. Go ahead, Jose. He had a game when he was with the Spurs where he scored zero points and had 28 rebounds. (laughs) Jesus. So, yeah, people describe him as an annoyance. Like, he was just there basically to fuck things up. They called him a great defender. And I think this is coming from, like, some of the elites, like Larry Bird, a couple other guys. They said this was his job was just to go in there and just annoy the hell out of you, you know, from an area. Not a scorer, just mess stuff up on their offensive end. So, I thought that was interesting. But uh, let's – Let's get back to the Bulls, though. We'll, we'll get into the whole bad boys and all that coming up. Um, are we? Was, um, go ahead. Are we just gonna skip that he hung out with drug dealers? <laughs> I mean, from what I got, they were just his friends. They really didn't like. I mean, he no, wasn't no, part I just, of it. I, I look at him now. I don't know how true that was. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there got there had to be something going on down there, but uh, whatever. No, we don't need to get into it. I just thought it was funny that we just blew past that. Uh, what so, were you gonna say, Jason? You were saying something. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, they show him a lot watching video, too, and really learning how other players, like, how they shoot, where they shoot from, where their their opportunities were. It's just, you talked about a little bit, just, you see Rodman, we know Rodman now, or, you know, we have this this vision of him, but it's interesting to see him, like, really dedicated, like, you know, Jordan, Pippen level, just really dedicated to the game, almost more so learning about other players and how they shoot and where to stand and how to get all these rebounds. I just I, – I was really fascinated. I was impressed with him a lot watching this one. I've seen people shoot a 1,000 shots around the perimeter of the three-point line and so on. I've never heard of anyone practicing that detail on rebounding. I, I mean, yeah. I, what were you going to say, Kerwin? No, I was, I was going to say exactly that. Like, typically you would see a player work on, uh, you know, more of the offensive capabilities, like, you know, dribbling, driving to the basket, shooting from the perimeter, you know, mid-range jump shot. But, like, the way he studied defense – Imagine like Kobe or Jordan in the gym, you know, shooting like 500 free throws after practice. Like Rodman is like, he's like a like genius level when it comes to analyzing, you know, what it takes to be a great defender and a great rebounder. And, you know, say what you want. You know, a lot of people might have, you know, these preconceived notions about who he is based on, you know, his, you know, legal troubles and going to Korea and all that other shit. But like, you have to be some sort of genius to apply yourself that much and learn about tr- ball trajectory. Yeah. Like he's, he's learning, yeah. he's, he's using physics guys. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he's using physics. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's a fucking genius, man. All right. Let's, let's keep going. Let's get back to the bulls now. Cause at this time he still is on the piston. Piston. Um They do a segment on coach Collins. This was Jordan's second NBA coach. Um, they had a great relationship. It kind of goes into the whole first game of the Knicks how he was – that was his first game with the Bulls, and basically Jordan took it in his own hand saying, Coach, I got this. Don't worry. I'm not going to let you lose your first game. Um, Kind of a little bit – I don't know if it was just kind of put in there, but Collins just kind of goes into saying, well, that right then and there I knew he was becoming one of the best players in the NBA, which I have to come to Kerwin now. They go into a little montage with the song of Prince from the Batman movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like perfect timing because that's right when that was out. And – I mean, I, while I'm watching it, it's great, like, like shots and moves and all that stuff, but I still had Batman with Jack Nicholson the whole time, just like while I was watching it. I don't, did you guys like how they put that in there? Dude, soundtrack, once again, I downloaded point. it. Love yeah. the soundtrack, I, man. I love the whole soundtrack? Yeah. 
I downloaded okay. it on Spotify. It's great. So it was a good little interruption, but then they start to show the Bulls and the Pistons, basically them being in the East are just headed for a crash course to the playoffs. Um, but at the time, though, the Bulls still were the Bulls. They had never won past the first season. I'm sorry, the, the first uh, the first uh, uh, round and all that stuff. But this time they had to get through the Cavaliers. I guess at the time the Cavs were decent. Um, but this is back when I remember this. The first round was a five-game series. Does anyone remember that or am I just that old? Yeah, I remember five that. Game I remember. Series. It wasn't seven. I think money now is taking it to seven. But uh, so it came down to game five. Really weird to say that it comes down to game five. But that's when Jordan hit his famous shot on Elo, right? And it goes into Ron Harper like, dude, you're an idiot. If you're not going to put me on this guy, they put on Greg Elo. And I remember always seeing this shot because Jordan celebrates tremendously right after it. But uh, it's kind of where it said, hey, the Bulls, I guess, are changing. And Jordan is the guy that is taking him to that level. So it's, it's a big deal. But uh, it then goes into where they're playing the Pistons the next round, right? So it's like they meet their – I mean, if, if Jordan ever had a villain, it's these guys. I know he played in six championships. I still think the bad boys are well, – that was his joker to Batman, whatever you want to call it, you know. And uh, uh, the Bulls basically express how much they hate these guys. The Pistons basically say they felt that they, one, were not the NBA's favorite – um, and it was the blueprint to have the bird, the magic, then to Jordan kind of transition, and they had other ideas for this. And so they basically kind of changed the way the game was played, and they were definitely known as the bad boys, and they yeah. embraced it to where it's like, hey, here's how we're going to play. Um, I, I want – Jose, I'm sorry. I'm going to call them the Raiders of the NBA <laughs> at the time, right? They wore it, baby. They wore it. But, oh, God. but did they, did they change <laughs> the NBA, though, because their mentality was – Look it, we can beat him if he's on the ground. If he goes air, then we're screwed. So they would do whatever it takes to like don't let him get off his feet. The and this rules. is back when you could you could really foul hard, and it was just a foul. And they talked about John Sally like, no, no, don't do a chicken foul. If you're gonna foul him, give him an elbow. You know what I mean? And the the NBA has changed now. Do you think that this series has changed the NBA to what we're seeing nowadays? I think there was a little bit more of it in the 90s. Was there? So yeah, I went through the bad boys going after everyone. I remember times where where um, where Pippen went at Ewing. At I mean, the, the Knicks and the Bulls got at it so bad yeah. in the 90s. So I felt like it went through the 90s, and then all of a sudden, maybe towards yeah. the end, it was done. Okay. I think even towards the end of the 90s, too. I mean, the famous Barkley-Shack punch to each yep. other, you know. Yeah. So... It goes all the way to the So it goes back and forth saying that, hey, basically the next three years, the Pistons eliminated the Bulls from the playoffs. And I think they won two championships during that time, right, Alan? Yeah. yeah they won two championships. Yeah. They only lost one. Um, Rodman was on that team. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. Um, and then it goes right into Rodman's timeline. So at 93, uh, it talks about this is really weird. I didn't know about this, but Rodman was caught in his car sleeping and they thought about to commit suicide because there was a gun in the car. Shotgun, right? Know? What's that? It was a shotgun, right? He was was it a shotgun? shotgun? I, I don't know. I just, I just read gun, which I didn't, I, I was, he depressed. I mean, what's going on? Does anyone know? I, I don't, I have no idea why this is going on. Well, he was just, he was just unhappy with, you know, kind of, kind of his life. Like he, he didn't feel like he was at a place in his life where he could just be himself. You know, he talks about how when he was in the, with Madonna, she kind of encouraged him to just be himself and say, right. fuck everybody. But, um, I was reading up on, uh, I, th- I think it's, I think it's part of his book. I think it was an interview, but I read an article, uh, over the weekend where he said that 
at certain points or at a point in his life, he did consider suicide. But then I guess, you know, kind of being caught with the with the firearm in his car and all that, like he he decided like, hey, you know what, this isn't me. Instead of killing myself, I'm going to kill the version of myself that I don't like. So he got rid of just plain old Dennis Rodman and he started to embrace his, you know, his eccentricity. You know what I'm saying? He started well, then- to, to embrace like, you know, the his normal side, like, like what we see is weird is his normal self. And right. he started yeah. finally embracing his normal self, which well, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. So yeah, I want to get into that. Cause then he gets traded to, to San Antonio back when movies were great. We've done podcasts on some of these movies, but demolition <laughs> man was one and he does his hair just like Wesley Snipes <laughs> on San Antonio. Did you guys catch that? I thought yeah. that was cool. Hey, but, he was uh, also in uh he's also in double team with Jean-Claude Van Damme. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, Kerwin, just like you're saying, dating Madonna, she told him to express himself. And he even does an interview, which it shows in the documentary with Barbara Walters. And he, he looks different, but he's just kind of like, this is me. This is Dennis Rodman, you know? Yeah. So, so that's kind of where we go from that. Um, then it goes right back to him with the Bulls. Um, they talked about, was he traded or a free agent, Alan? I think he was a free agent, actually. So, so Jerry Krause wanted to go get him. I think because of him being who he is, no one wanted mm-hmm. to take a chance. But Jerry Krause had gotten a word from his assistant, like, hey, I think this will work if you, has, if you have guys like Phil Jackson as the coach and Pippen and Jordan, where it's like they can control this guy, which obviously it does work. They won three championships together. But uh, um, Rodman and – sorry, Pippen and Jordan just describe how they loved Dennis as a teammate. They really had nothing bad to say. It was like – I mean, other than Jordan talking about that ejection, they said this, this guy – did a lot for us and we probably wouldn't have done what we did if we didn't have him. So he was just amount of importance as those guys were, which I think is really cool. But I, from what I got out of it, I thought that they really loved him as their teammate at the time. I take that back. Actually, he was traded to the bulls. He was traded from the Pistons. Didn't he get traded from the Spurs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got you. All right, so now now we're going into back to the 97-98 season. Um, <laughs> please feel free to jump in because this is where we're all just ready to talk about. Bulls are really starting to win, right? The media is hounding Jordan uh, whether or not this is going to be his last year because they mm-hmm. see the signs. Um, Pippen returns after 35 games, um, back with the team. I, I think from what I'm getting from the documentary, Jordan and Robin were really clicking. Pippen comes in whether he felt like, sorry, Robin, that is felt his usage or what was he necessary? I, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys think that kind of hindered on him by Pippen now coming back? I don't know. What do you guys think? It was his time in the spotlight. So he felt like he was Jordan's guy for that time that Pippen was gone and he was actually embracing it. And then when Pippen com- comes back, he feels like, well, that's done. That, that, is that really what happened? I mean, that's what I saw. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. into the vacation in a second. Do you think that started the vacation thought? I mean, yeah, well, I think, I think, I think, I think he was tired of it. He was tired of all the, everything that he had to do. Totally agree with what you're saying, Jose. Like, I think that's exactly what it was. Like he's fully capable of embracing that number two role, but what's like the, the actual number two came back. He's like, he's like, fuck that. Like I need, I need to take my lunch break. I got to do something else. To, to clear my, yeah he's like he's like this is not my role i'm just a substitute teacher like i don't teach this class <laughs> like I'm, I'm out this motherfucker like i gotta go so so let's just get into the vacation story it, it goes into where jordan talks about phil wanted to talk to him said hey dennis has something to say to it and he goes, well if dennis has something to say this is not going to be good and basically says he needs a 48 hour vacation he says that if anyone needs a vacation i need one 
But basically, they're well, what do you think? He goes, Phil, if you let this guy go on a 48-hour vacation, <laughs> we're never going to see him again. You know? <laughs> they, they, they end up, we, we learn in later episodes it's longer, but they end up granting him his vacation. If I could do a trash or treasure on this episode, is the way they cut to him in that bandana, drinking a Miller Lite, going <laughs> to a motorcycle, and like riding off, you know? Like, I, it's just fans, what the fuck? You know? Go ahead, say that again, Alan. While fans are cheering them, right? There's police. Yo, there's yo, there's cops there watching this man like shotgun his beer and then leave the parking lot on a bike without a helmet. I thought they escorted him, the cops. Or that they might have too. Maybe I don't know. It was the nineties, man. It was the nineties. I mean, it's Dennis Rodman. He had fucking money, so he could do what he wants. So. Man. It looks weird too, because it looks like one of the guys on the motorcycles that's ahead of him like runs into that car, and then like Did comes he? the car's <laughs> going reverse, and then you just see the first guy like just like stop real abruptly, like he hits the car. Go back and watch it; it's very funny. I'm gonna have to watch it now. <laughs> so I, I I looked up something. So this is kind of a fun fact as well. Um, you know how John Sally was talking. I wanted to look up and see if any of those piston bad boys played with Jordan on those championship teams. There were three players that played for jo- played with Jordan during uh, his championship season that won a championship with uh, Jordan: John Sally, oh, wow. Rodman, and a a guy named James Edwards. Never heard of him, but apparently, but he played in the league for 19 years. Okay, wait, John Sally was on the Bulls. Yeah, yes. I didn't know he was on the Bulls. I don't remember that at all. He was on the- I knew he was on the Lakers. Bro, you don't remember the Bad Boys podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah, 90, 1996, the 72 and 10 season. That's John Sally? Yeah. Yes, John Sally. And I wanted to look it up to see if any other uh, bad boy Pistons played with uh, Jordan. And, and he's in the, the bad two. boys movie. So there you go. <laughs> we are ending with, with Rodman on a vacation. I mean, I guess pros need it too. His <laughs> vacation is different than ours, but yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I got I got some stuff about Rodman, but I'll share that when we get to four. So cool, cool. All right, man. We got five seconds. Hey, thanks guys for for coming on. Stay safe, and I will see you episode four. Thanks, much. Fuck you, John Sally. Wow. <laughs>